Created by two friends in 1974, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson released a game that would span across the world, have six editions, spawn countless books, a television series, a movie, and take up way too much of my time. My name is Thomas, and today, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to Let's Talk About, the weekly podcast where I talk about things. Things I like, things going on in the world, and things I want to learn more about. Dungeons and Dragons is an incredibly popular game, appearing on shows like The Big Bang Theory. The game has only increased its presence and popularity over the past 45 years. The game spawned a TV show that lasted three seasons, and a movie that didn't do too well. It is fair to say that the game has left a lasting imprint on pop culture. I think it's best to start at the beginning. In 1969, a fateful meeting occurred at the second Geneva Con. Gary Gygax met Dave Arneson. Two years later, Gary Gygax would create a company called Tactical Studies Rules with his longtime friend, Don Kay. They would create a game called Chainmail, a miniature-based tabletop game. Dave would go on to use Chainmail to write a Blackmore campaign, which included a descent into a dungeon full of monsters and treasure. He would go on to show this game to Gary at Gen Con, and the two would go on to create a partnership that would impact the world for decades to come. Gary Gygax began collaborating with Dave Arneson to create drafts of the first edition of D&D. In 1974, they released the first edition of the game. It was shipped out in a cardboard box with three booklets, Men and Magic, Monsters and Treasure, and Underworld and Wilderness Adventure. Before the year was over, their entire inventory had been sold out. Before the end of 1975, the two would sell 3,000 copies of the game. In 1975, two supplements would be released. The first was called Greyhawk, and it defines a thief and paladin classes. This was shortly followed up by the book Blackmore, which introduced the monk and assassins classes. In all, the original edition of Dungeons & Dragons would contain five supplemental rulebooks. Greyhawk, Blackmore, Eldritch Wizardry, Gods, Demigods, and Heroes, and finally, Swords and Spells. In 1977, the game was divided into two groups, Basic and Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. The Basic set was edited by J. Eric Holmes and was the first set to include dice. Let's skip ahead a few years to 1986. Now, this isn't an uncommon story. A small company becomes a large corporation. Uh, with it comes shareholders, board members, and difficult decisions. And unfortunately, Gary Gygax was one of those decisions. In 1986, Gary Gygax was forced out of the company he created and made successful. This would prove to be one of the moves that brought upon the downfall of TSR. The following decade brought numerous legal battles between TSR and Gygax as they tried to stop him from creating other role-playing games. The new management that ran TSR often engaged in less than reputable business practices, and many of these decisions would also prove fateful to the collapse of the company. During the 90s, TSR felt pressure to move to electronic means of distribution, and they began experimenting with CD-ROMs and videotapes, but this cost them a lot of money. TSR did find a way around this, though. Some During the 90s, TSR felt pressure to move to electronic means of distribution, and they began experimenting with CD-ROMs and videotapes. This did cost them a lot of money. Nope. During the 90s, TSR felt pressure to move to electronic means of distribution, and they began experimenting with CD-ROMs. 
During the 90s, TSR felt pressure to move to electronic means of distribution, and they began experimenting with CD-ROMs and videotapes, but this cost them a lot of money. TSR did find a way around this, though, through some ultimately failed methods. They began distributing through Random House, who paid for the product when it arrived in the warehouse and not when it was sold. So TSR began sending lots of their product, and they were getting paid for it. This is where things fell apart. The process of overshipping led to the overprinting, and TSR fell into debt and stopped paying their printer. TSR had signed a contract that said they would only print through that company, and due to the debt, the printer began rising their prices. <coughs> TSR had signed a contract that said they would only print through that company, and due to their debt, the printer began raising their prices. In 1996, Random House. In 1996, Random House returned millions of dollars worth of product, and their printing company refused to print until the debt was paid. Everything was falling apart for TSR. But then a loud knock at the door came, as it fell off its hinges. A giant was standing there. It was Hagrid. He had come and bought up the company. Then there was a loud knock at the door, and as it fell off its hinges, a giant was standing in the doorway. It was Hagrid, and he had come to save the company. Not really, but a wizard did appear to bind the company. Wizards of the Coast came in and saved the day, effectively rescuing TSR and Dungeons and Dragons. In 1996, a man by the name of Bob Abramowitz had heard about the issues at TSR and flew out to meet with management there. By the time the meeting was over, Bob had a letter that gave him the option to buy out TSR and save the company. But the issue was that he didn't have the money to buy out the company, so he approached a company called Wizards of the Coast. They were the creators of a little game called Magic the Gathering. Abraham Witz asked Peter Atkinson, the CEO of Wizards, with the request, but also asked that they buy out his company, Five Rings Publishing. Atkinson agreed to the deal and bought up both companies. He and Lisa Stevens, the future CEO of Paizo, spent the summer of 97 managing the transition and hired on many of the TSR employees at Wizards. They even helped them settle in Seattle by flying them out for house hunting weekends and assisting them with rent payments for those who were caught paying for two places. Wizards had a much different approach to their business operations. Instead of one building that everybody worked in, they had four buildings spread out across the city. Wizards also didn't keep secrets and didn't hide their numbers like TSR did. Atkinson's desk was out with his employees, and the executives didn't have offices away from everybody else. Wizards was a remarkably progressive place and focused on having a non-discriminatory workplace where everybody could work together as one. Wizards had a much different approach to their business operations. Instead of one building that everybody worked in, they had four buildings spread out across the city. Wizards also didn't keep secrets and didn't hide their numbers like TSR did. Atkinson's desk was out with his employees and the executives didn't have offices away from everybody else. Wizards was a remarkably progressive company and focused on having a non-discriminatory workplace where everybody could work together as one. It was these aspects, among a few others, that allowed Wizards to turn D&D into a profit in just three months of buying TSR.
Adkins set about making things right with Gary Gygax, who wrote several checks to Gary, his ex-wife, and Dave in exchange for a clean slate on the IP. The payments and retributions given to Gary changed things for the Gygax family. Gary ended up writing an introduction to a D&D adventure called The Tomb of Horrors, which was sold by Wizards. In 1999, Hasbro bought out Wizards of the Coast for approximately $325 million, with the understanding that nobody really owned the Dungeons & Dragons IP, which has worked out for millions of fans across the world as they have been able to create their own adventure, classes, race, and new materials. A fan's game through and through, D&D has made it to hell and back, and just keeps getting better. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. Before we end, I want to start doing weekly recommendations. Either I'll do a podcast, a book, a movie, or TV show, whatever I'm feeling. This week, I want to recommend Not Another D&D Podcast. Not Another D&D Podcast stars a team of hilarious college humor alum, including Jake Hurwitz from Jake and Amir, Brian Murphy and Emily Axford from Hot Date, and Caldwell Tanner from Drawfee. The show chronicles the adventures of three unlikely friends and a possum. Stories full of love, heartbreak, and betrayal. If you like to laugh and enjoy roleplay, this podcast is definitely worth a listen. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Please rate and leave a review. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, and what I can do better. My name is Thomas, and this has been Let's Talk About.